Ahoy, motherfuckers. <laughs> Welcome to Hindsight. I'm Derek, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and right-hand man, Brandon. And today we are joined by one of podcast luminaries, in my opinion, one of the first and one of the best to do it, a uh, good friend, friend of the show, uh, Mr. Span from the Span Report. Span, tell them something about yourself. So tell, tell them something about your show. The floor is yours. Oh, what's going on, family? Appreciate that uh, that amazing intro. I, I never thought of myself as a luminary, but my dude, we, hey, I, I appreciate you. You know, hats off to you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hats off to you. No, but uh, yo, Mr. Span, uh, host of the Span Report podcast. Um, we have a podcast network, three shows. As I'm sorry, four shows now because we got the homie Cook, uh, highly uh, inappropriate as part of the Span Report podcast network now. Mm-hmm. But uh, also the Span Report beer and chicken podcast and the Baywatch podcast and uh yo man just i get on the mic i talk shit every week man that's pretty much what i do (laughs) everything that's going on in the news politics pop culture you're probably gonna hear my opinion about it if you're listening to the spare report man i just try to talk about the shit that i know and uh that's pretty much how i roll man but i appreciate appreciate you having me on for this classic film right here brother because i go back (laughs) to this one now for those y'all who don't know today's episode is the absolutely classic in my opinion and i'll fight you if you say otherwise fear of a black hat fear of a black hat came out in 1993 and what i found out that surprised me is that it literally came out at the same time as cb4 um cb4 we did last week it is a uh movie about uh three rappers and how they got into the rap game and all that and it has a message and all that Fear of a Black Hat don't do that. Fear of a Black Hat mocks a lot of that shit. (laughs) Fear of a Black Hat is a true mockumentary. Like, this is more like Spinal Tap. Um, And and it is dope. Um, Now, I know what Brandon is going to say when I ask him, because the first time he saw this movie was literally yesterday. Uh, Today. Today. (laughs) But, Mr. Span, when was the first time you saw Fear of a Black Hat, and what were your thoughts when you first saw it? Oh, man. When I first saw Fear of a Black Hat, I want to say it had to been like summer of 94, maybe 95. So I might have been 14, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And you could not have told 14 or 15 year old Span that this wasn't the greatest shit that it was ever made. Man. <laughs> you just couldn't. You just couldn't. That and like Beavis and Butthead do America. Were like America. <laughs> Those were the pinnacles for me around that time, man. Real talk. When I first saw Fear of a Black Hat, I might have been... 15 yeah maybe 16 um because it was something that you had to i found it on accident at blockbuster Mm -hmm. um and convinced my mom to let me rent it that was the other uh thing that would stop you back in the day from being able to see a movie that wasn't a bigger name movie was your parents being like i'm renting that but my mom was like all right fine we can get that i took it home and my brother and i watched it and I laughed from the beginning to the very end. Like the very first lines of the movie is a disclaimer that is literally classic to me. <laughs> um, and it just goes from there. Like there's nothing in this movie that I don't adore. Um, it doesn't have a message. I'm gonna tell you all that right now so you don't go looking for it. Um, it doesn't have really, it, it has a story, but really <sighs> it is just, Guys, it it is Rusty Cundy from uh, Sprung, Tales from the Hood, and Sprung. Yeah, 
taking time out to say, hey, we got a mockumentary now, motherfuckers. And the disclaimer literally starts off as such. But rest assured, the words, phrases, and images such as ass, booty, yo bitch, Bush is a dickhead, big butt women in tiny bikinis will not be used without warrant or in any gratuitous manner. The words, phrases, and images such as ass, booty, yo bitch, Bush is a dickhead, and big butt women in tiny bikinis which are used in this film. However, in an effort to maintain accuracy and journalistic integrity, words, phrases, and images such as ass, booty, no bitch, Bush is a dickhead, and big butt women in tiny bikinis are necessary. But rest assured, the words, phrases, and images such as ass, booty, no bitch, Bush is a dickhead, big butt women in tiny bikinis will not be used without warrant or in any gratuitous manner. Now, when I saw this movie as a kid, a lot of the stuff that was seen in the movie went over my head as far as, not the storyline. Like I said, there, there's not much of one. It's three rappers who are trying to make music and make money um, while <laughs> constantly mourning their dead managers. Um, sorry. Um, but I do want to say this before we start. <laughs> They, they weren't there when that shit happened, though. Yeah, when that shit happened. <laughs> um, I do want to say this before we get started. There were a few things that I didn't know about this movie until I w- looked at it on IMDb, one of which is the fact that um, the guy who played, um, God, what was his name in Revenge of the Nerds? Um, oh, yeah, I think I know you're talking about the black guy. Uh, the black guy, he, Lamar. Yeah. Lamar, who played, the guy who played Lamar in Revenge of the Nerds plays Tasty Taste. Yeah, taste. Uh, in in this movie, um, hell of a flip, hell real a big flip, flip right? I, right. I, I was like, oh, oh, damn. Okay, um, Mark Christopher Lawrence, who has played a lot of roles as an adult. Uh, he was in. I know he was a manager in Chuck. He was a manager to buy more in Chuck. Uh, is in this movie as tone deaf. Kazi Lemons. Yeah, Kazi Lemons was there. I was tripping out when I seen like. Um, when I saw like some of the other works that she was associated with, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, wait, that's old girl from Fear of a Black. But <laughs> <laughs> like, you see some of the more meaningful shit she's attached to, and then you there's this, you know. <laughs> Evie's Bayou. Yeah. <laughs> like, Here's <dang>. a black hat. <laughs> and then you got Phase on Love, Big Worm. Yeah, he was in there. Uh, and, what was the name of that group? What was the name of that group? The uh, Jam Boys. Jam but Boy. he went by Faison on this. If you look at the credits, it's just Faison. No love. Because this was his uh, first, or he might not have wanted his name associated with this. Um, also, another thing that I found real funny was that Stabmaster Arson uh, from he's CD4. A yeah. He's a Jam Boy yeah. in this movie. Also, I just found out he just passed away like a week and a half ago. Yeah. What? Yeah. Damn. I just I looked it up today because I said, is that Deezer D? And I looked it up to say that was him. And then it said, uh, you know, he passed away on so, January 7th. So I guess we'll say that these last two weeks have been a Deezer D uh, memorial. Yeah. Rest in peace, young fella, like for real. 
Damn. Mm-hmm. 50 something. Dying too young, y'all. We need to take care of ourselves. Indeed. Um, and then the woman from uh, CB4 who was like, I need you to get revenge for my brother. They killed him. They didn't have to let him, they didn't have to let him die on the toilet. They could have wiped his ass. <laughs> he was she she was in this movie as well. She was uh Sage from Sage Parsley Rosemary Ten yeah. <laughs> So they actually put this movie out in the movie theaters in 1993. I don't remember, I don't remember it being at the movie theaters. That's it, the best part. When when they say <laughs> it was in the movie theaters, it might have been like for us, like at the Crest Theater, the one that plays like the real small <laughs> films. Because yeah, I don't remember it ever being like I don't ever remember like actually seeing a trailer for this film. Like I just remember being at the video store and I would always walk past it. And then one day I was just like, well, I'm going to just see what this about. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and rented it. And I watched it that first night and I was like, man, fuck that. I got to dub this. And like, we straight up, we straight dubbed it. You know what I'm saying? And I had a copy of it from then on out. But like, yeah, I don't ever remember there like ever being a theatrical release for this. I just don't. Apparently, Roger Ebert reviewed this film, which I'm like, so it must have been a theatrical <laughs> release. A theatrical release. <laughs> I hope and he gave it. the film four stars. Thank you. I, it's, hey, it's, a, it's a really well written movie. Yeah. It just ain't got shit to say. <laughs> like, but you're so you're so deep into laughing at it. Like one of the things I said when I was watching it a few nights ago to my wife was that there are so many quotables in this movie. Like there's a point where, um, where tone deaf says, well, the quiet ones are the one, you know, the quiet ones are the the biggest threat because she's asking what city are they from? And they're like, we don't say what city we're from. The quiet ones are the biggest threat. And then Tasty's like, yeah, and you, you've noticed. I ain't said nothing for a few minutes now. (laughs) I ain't said shit for about 20 minutes now. (laughs) And that nigga got an arsenal. So we are introduced to Ice Cold, Tasty Taste, and Tone Deaf. (laughs) Who The double double entendre of Tone Deaf, though. Like, (laughs) 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 Who are... Niggas with hats, NWH. Um, They are a known group uh, in this universe, yet they aren't known enough to be on the uh, marquee as niggas with hats. They are up there as special guests. (laughs) (laughs) So they have a moment where they try and get into the concert that they are the special guests for. And the concert bouncer is like, Ain't no fucking special guests on this list. I don't see no fucking special guests. Um, they are being they a documentary is being done of them by Nina Black, Blackburn, who is uh, the role that uh, Kazi Lemons is playing. Um, and so she's talking with them about how they came up and Ice Cold's telling her about uh, his first music, which was him doing a song called My Peanuts. This movie, I want to really give Rusty his 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 roses for this movie, um, because as somebody who did a lot of parody music coming up and did a lot of parody music on my shows before, the songs he did were pretty much head on the nail, hit hit the hammer right on the head, or hit the nail right on the head, yeah. um, because my peanuts was 
a takeoff of the Fat Boys, my nuts, um, <laughs> that came out in the early to mid '80s. And so every song they did, I was like, I know something like that, and I know Brandon that there was a point where you were like, are they supposed to be, uh, are they supposed to be um, Public Enemy? And the answer is kinda. On stage, they were public enemy, but they were all, they were like everyone yeah, <laughs> throughout the film. It, it was kind of like everybody. Like, I would give, I, I got a little bit of NWA out of them. I got a little bit of uh, public enemy out of them. And then when they were off doing their own thing, like, I got a little De La Soul. I got a little CNC Music Factory. Mm. I got a little bit of, like, Ice Tea. Like, I got a bunch of different, like, it was a bunch of different ways that they kind of went with it, but they blended it all together, like, real well. Apparently, they actually released an actual soundtrack, too, of all those songs, which I, I had no idea to just now. <laughs> I'm going to pet the pussy as a bop. I'm sorry, man. Just... I'm going to pet the pussy. I'm going to pet the pussy. Hey, hey, hey. I'm going to pet the pussy as a bop. And <laughs> I don't want to get too ahead of, like, where you at. But, like, that little fight between the Asian lady. <laughs> <laughs> The best, thing, <laughs> the best thing about this movie is, to me is how uh, Ice Cold can literally talk his way through everything. I mean, either that or how they're telling the cameraman to leave the room every time they beat somebody's ass. So they are sitting at their first concert where they finally get in when they convince somebody that they are a special guest. Their uh, manager talks with the concert promoter and he's like, well, we put your highness up on the billboard and there wasn't enough room for y'all's name. So we just put you in special guest. So they were like, nah, you got to take us down. We ain't special guests. We niggas with hats. So they put niggas with hats up there. Um, and I love the fact that they didn't put niggas with hats. They put Negroes. <laughs> <laughs> Negroes with hats. Negroes with hats. Um, so they're talking in their dressing room about how small it is and Vanilla Sherbert. <laughs> yes, Vanilla Sherbert. Comes into their dressing room <laughs> to tell them about how he's down with them because his uh, he was adopted by black people <laughs> because he was abandoned by his family. So he was adopted by black people. And he's like, so I'm down with y'all. I feel y'all. Y'all my niggas. And so the door gets closed and he gets the shit beat out of him. <laughs> The next time we see him, his neck is his like, neck crooked. <laughs> his neck is crooked the whole time. You're like, yo, we still cool, right? <laughs> you get that nerve fixed. You get that. You get that nerve fixed. Nah, man, I got an appointment next week. <laughs> oh man, they whooped his ass. That was funny. But it this. So the next thing that happens is something, and it made me wonder, like, if this movie and CB four who came out first with their screenplay like who came out first with the idea of um with the script and everything because there are some things that kind of bounce off one another and i know that there's probably rappers who have been arrested two live crew two live crew uh did um nwa also here in detroit oh for real yeah they talked about that in um in uh, what was that straight out of Compton, where they had the concert here at the Joe Louis Arena, and the police told them there were certain songs they couldn't perform. Fuck the police. Fuck the police, and um, you know that's starting like a bit of a, uh, you know, a brouhaha. Mm -hmm. 
here in the city. And so, uh, like, this came out, like, this movie kind of came out on the back end of uh, a lot of the stuff where there was, like, the censorship aspect was coming down real hard, where they wanted to start putting the parental advisory labels on stuff, uh, where, uh, you know, C. Dolores Tucker and Tipper Gore, all of those folks were coming out real strong against a lot of the music that was coming out. So this came in, this, this movie came out, like, sort of on the back end of a lot of that stuff. And so there's a scene in this movie where a police officer comes up to NWH and says they can't play their song, Grab Your Dick. Uh, they said, if you say the word shit or dick, we're going to arrest you. So the fellas are like, all right, y'all. I ain't trying to go to jail right now. <laughs> I got too much money to make. So instead of saying shit, we're going to say grab it wrap it up no instead of saying dick we're gonna say rap you know what fuck it just play it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. What what's up about your manager oh man we have nothing to do with what happened tonight i told him not to pull that's the not gun. the issue <laughs> what i told him before you came out what basically you guys perform the song grab your shit tonight we're gonna have to arrest you for obscenity what you talking about, man? Listen, the lyrics. Grab your shit. Cover up. NWH say, grab your dick. That's live, ain't it? Whoever says those words, I hear them and they say them. They're going to jail. Break a leg, fellas. <laughs> Punk. Fuck y'all. We should have busted cap in there. Oh, hey, word, man. Normally, I wouldn't be for changing something. But since, uh, you know, our manager got got tapped on tonight, I think maybe we ought to play it safe for the night. You know, I mean, I'm down with artistic integrity and all that, but lockup's a bitch. All right, man, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to change... We're going to change the shit and dick to cover up and grab your stuff. All right? Word. But just for the night. Just for the night. Tomorrow, we back to shit and dick. Hey, tomorrow we in St. Louis, so you know what that's all about. Hey, he likes this shit so dick. <laughs> so, I'm convinced they shot this whole film in one take. Because <laughs> there's many parts in this film where the, the characters that like are not the main characters are just laughing. Just die. At one point, um, the Nina, the reporter, is listening to him talk, and she's just bawling. Like, just bawling, laughing on the side while he's talking. And I'm like, there's no way she's supposed to be laughing in this moment. They just ain't want to redo it because it's so funny. So they, um, one of their managers, their their latest manager, uh, Guy Fresh, uh, he's Guy Fresh, sorry. He's standing there talking with them, and the jam boys come up, and they're like, yo, uh, y'all niggas suck. I don't understand why y'all are on before us. And they're talking shit back and forth. Guns get pulled by the Jam Boys because Ice Cold calls the Jam Boys, look, niggas. <laughs> and the manager of the Jam Boys says, yo, don't call them niggas, at least not these two. <laughs> this one's okay, but not these two. So they pull out guns. The manager gets shot. Uh, Guy Fresh gets shot. So that's why the cop was asking, hey, and they were like, we don't know what happened to our manager. We weren't there. That's their built-in answer for fucking everything. We weren't there when that shit happened. I don't know what you're talking about. So they, um, 
they're they get out of jail after doing grab your shit and they're talking with nina and nina's like i hear y'all got another album coming out and they're like yeah we uh it's called fear of a black hat initially it was going to be called fear of a black hat with the subtitle don't shoot until you see the whites (laughs) of their eyes (laughs) of whose eyes And I know fights, period. <laughs> I know I'm giggling through this, but look, okay, here. Brushes with the law regarding censorship. I caught up with the group again on the road. Now your new album is NWH Fear of a Black Hat. Right. But see, actually that shit was supposed to be NWH Fear of a Black Hat, then subtitle Don't Shoot Until You See the Whites. Of their eyes? Whose eyes? Don't shoot see <laughs> the whites of their eyes. No, no, no. Just don't shoot until you see the whites, period. That's it. End of story. You know what I'm saying? But the record company, they dogged us out. <laughs> they just put it on there. Yeah, we should have busted cap in the ass. Hey, see, they always trying to censor our shit. For instance, with the song Kill Whitey. Nah, that shit was a whole big misunderstanding there. You know, they took the whole thing out of context. I mean, they were trying to say that we was advocating killing white people and shit. Yeah, I mean, do I look like the kind of person who could kill a whole bunch of white motherfuckers? I mean, you know, given a reason, but not on a humbug. Well, in the song lyrics, I'm quoting, he'll rip you off, he'll take your money, make you work for free. Though you might scoff, it isn't funny. He's the devil, see? Kill Kill whitey. Right. Now, how can you listen to that and think we're talking about killing all white people, man? Bet. We was talking about one specific white. Whitey DeLuca, our ex-manager. He ripped us off for 70 Gs. Right. You know, and, and Whitey DeLuca wasn't even white. He was, you know, he was Italian. You know, he was one of all of complected motherfuckers, you know? If I remember correctly, he ended up murdered. But we wasn't in town when that shit happened. No, no, no. We was there. We, we was in Cleveland like a mug. No, no, we went off to my money. We was in Toronto. Yo, we were trying to sell the shit. Yo, let me talk to you, man. Let me talk to you, man. Oh, Oh, God. Um, uh, (laughs) Listeners, you know, every so often we have shows where I'm just watching videos and just dying laughing. And Brandon, you've never seen this before other than yesterday or this morning, so... Oh man! You got a look on your face like you just heard the stupidest shit in the world. <laughs> no, I enjoyed this movie a lot. I thought it was incredible. Um, I mean, we'll get to some of my favorite parts, but this scene was funny because I love how all their managers are like these same white dudes. White dudes. And it's just like it's just like all the, they're basically saying like all the most hardcore groups had white managers, and then the white and every it's like you start imagining like I start when I was watching I start thinking about. I wonder what the conversations were like between like Easy and Dre and MC Ren and like Jerry Heller. Like, what the hell were they talking about? Yeah. Like, I just started wondering, like, what are these conversations like in the background when they're talking about the direction of the group and what they should be talking about with like some fifty-three-year-old white dude, which is just hilarious to me. Well, I do know that Dre. Uh, said that having conversation with Jerry Heller was often some of the most awkward shit that he had to go through um, as far as just because there's nothing in common like at all like at least the Jam Boys their manager was black like Reggie was a black dude everybody that that fit, that NWH had with them were white as a driven snow um, 
all the way up to the record label producer, the, the, the record label owners they were talking to, um, which is what happened next when they were trying to put out their next album, Fear of a Black or Fear of a Black Hat, uh, subtitle, Don't Shoot Until You See the Whites. <laughs> so they go and they are trying to convince uh, the record labels to let them do their next album with the lead video, Gorillas in the Midst. Which, you know, after Ice Cube left the, after he left NWA, he started a smaller group called the Lynch Mob, a militant group, uh, and they did a song called Gorillas in the Mist. Uh, For those of y'all who don't remember, it's really a big thing to me right now because they just showed, um, not to really put a date on this or anything, but they just showed the trailer for King Kong, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. And one of the lyrics in Gorillas in the Mist is white boys like Godzilla, but my super nigga named King Kong. <laughs> Played his ass like ping pong. So motherfucker, get the ding dong. Um, but apparently Rusty was hip on that uh, album as well. And so he put out a song called Gorillas in the Mist, which I thought, honestly, not all the songs knocked, but the ones that did hit hard. And I thought that this one was a nice song. Called Inner Groove Records, happening. They are Soon home. after, NWH signed with Intergroove Records and they released Gorillaz in the Mist Uncut. Gorillaz in the midst of a race ride. Say it ain't black or white, but I ain't dumb and don't fight. Talking about a time to heal the step two. Time for you to get real, we can't do it. We were looking for healing in the court, see? Out in the valley of the sea, me. But a black man gets no justice Cause the kangaroo court don't trust us Wasn't the first and won't be the last Brothers gotta move to get that ass Plead the case to the C-O-U-R-T But they never see Y-O-U and me Verdict by punk ass George Open up a black man's fury See that? Gorillas in the mist Man, that's gonna be crazy large An album, Fear of a Black Hat That's gonna be bigger than Wild Thing Oh, man, you brothers are going to be large for the simple fact that you're with me. And I got the winning team, and I am large. I'm larger than large. In fact, I'm so big, they call me dinosaur. (laughs) Yeah. But you brothers got to be careful. Because y'all talking about some heavy shit. I mean, that ain't your average garden variety, run-of-the-mill gangster bullshit. Y'all hardcore, but you got an edge. I mean, just look at you three brothers. Just look at you together. Shout out to the cross You little black stovepipe colored nigga. Taste <laughs> of a shame. The man of the black consciousness movement in the 1930s. And then when we speak about complexion, we move into the political perspective of where y'all coming from. You, Ice. Use a good high yellow piss color motherfucker. Same complexion as Bob Marley. I mean, you even got that dreadlock thing going for you. You could even move into a whole roster thing if you wanted to. That's another story. And you, you, good red bone, marani colored genie in a bottle looking motherfucker. You are the same complexion as Malcolm X. That's right, they take off your hat. Jeez, what? Red hair, just like Malcolm. Boy, I'm telling you, you brothers are gonna be large. But like I said, you gotta be careful. See, because y'all telling the truth. And the white man, 
don't want y'all seeing what you're saying. Yeah. Because when you take that bus, you get there. <laughs> That's heavy. Wait a second. You understand this motherfucker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From the bottom of the heat. He looks just like Jason Whitlock, by the way. He which did. Which is really weird. <laughs> in that scene. With that damn hat off. <laughs> oh, God. It me out because uh, it makes me think sometimes, man, like with all these, like the, the fake deep shit that you see people performing on social yes. media all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, using these big ass words they just learned three days ago. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everybody talking about existentialism and shit. Didn't know what existentialism was like two days ago. Um, but like the way he tried to just tied a lot of their shit into some political jargon and they didn't understand what the fuck he was talking about. They were like, oh, I guess so. Like Tasty was still just like, did this motherfucker just call me a, a, a black stove pipe looking motherfucker? Like he's, <laughs> you can tell Tasty wasn't feeling, he was still there. Like this motherfucker called me a stove pipe looking motherfucker. <laughs> like <laughs> Tasty looked like he was ready to get off in his ass right then, still. The thing, I, the thing about these last three weeks of doing Belly, then CB4, and then this, is really just making me miss the time of music videos. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish, like, I was like, it was such a big part of, like, our growing up was just music. From, like, the early 80s to, like, the mid-2000s was just, like, all, like, it was, music videos was a big deal. Like, everybody would get around and watch OMTV Raps or Rap City or 106 and Park, depending on when you grew up. Mm-hmm. And, you know... We don't get that anymore. Like I guess they still make videos, but it's not really a big deal. And this, even this movie in the mockumentary, like we'll get to it later. But when they did like Granny said, "Kick your ass" or whatever, yeah. I was like, I was like, yo, this is a perfect parody of Mama said, "Knock you out." Like it was so yeah. perfect, not just the song, but the video. Like yeah. it was just incredible. And and so I, I, I just want to take time out to do two things. One, Rusty Cundiff wrote the lyrics to these songs and did his own music. Like he did the rapping on these songs. He performed the lyrics, mm-hmm. which is big to me because the folks on CB4, they weren't doing their own lyrics. They had other people step in and they lip synced. Mm-hmm. Okay. These brothers did their own lyrics and you could tell that they got some semblance like they might not in this day and age. Of course, they might not be able to step out there and be rappers, but they were able to hit on every single. Okay. So, Back in 2009, 2010, Fonte from Little Brother, uh, before he hit big with Little Brother, he put out a an album where he was parroting a lot of other people's styles. Like he was not mocking their styles, but he did a mixtape where he was doing their styles. He has one where he sounds like DMX and one where he sounds just a bunch of different rappers. This is pretty much that. Um, and I want to really give credit to the talent that it takes to be able to do this many different styles um, without sounding like a joke. Like, honestly, I know I'm doing a comparison to the two, but it's because we just finished watching it. Chris Rock should never rap again. (laughs) I think real talk, part of the reason why CB4 is a much more known film it's because it was associated with Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, I mean, Alan Payne to some degree too, because like, truthfully speaking, most of the people that are in Fear of a Black Hat 
a lot of folks just don't really have the name recognition. They might like, I saw him in something. I saw him in something, but they don't know who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, CB4 had like the name recognition. I think uh, Charlie Murphy was in CB4. Alan Payne was in CB4. Uh, of course, like I said, Chris Rock was in CB4. So like you got these names associated with that film and they came out around the same time. Most people know CB4. Lots of folks kind of slept on Fear of a Black Hat. And uh, I think Fear of a Black Hat is the better film of the two. Here's what I'm going to do for everybody out there. I don't usually do this uh, with these episodes, but Fear of a Black Hat. I need people to see this movie. I need you to enjoy this movie the way I enjoyed it. And when I went looking for it on Vudu, which is where I usually buy my movies, I couldn't find it. I can tell you right now that it's available for free on Amazon Prime Video. But it's also for very free on YouTube. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the link to the YouTube page where you can see this movie. It's not like one of those click this link and then you got to download and all that. No, it's it's literally the movie. Yeah. And they just don't. They literally it only has 2000 views. They don't care enough about it to, to flag it. <laughs> I need people to love this movie more. Like I, I hit Rusty Cundiff up on Twitter a few days ago asking about like, hey, man, so streaming. What's happening, brother? Like, because I want to watch this. I want to pay you again. Exactly, movie, bro. Like, get your coins up, brother. Come on, let me let me give you this money. Let me give you this money, man. I'm a fan. I asked him straight out, "Yo, you should. Are you thinking about doing a sequel? Because I, I think that it was. I think he still has the humor and the voice to be able. Let's talk about Rusty for a second. Rusty is a phenomenal writer, and and I know. You know what? The phrase dick riding. Nah, I'm cool. I, I am a huge fan of Rusty. Unabashed. I don't know what they call it in this day and age. Whatever you're calling it, I'm doing it. I don't give a fuck. He's a phenomenal writer. Sprung was an excellent movie. Uh, as far as a, a rom-com for black folks in that day and age, it was even now it stands up. Uh, Tales from the Hood, as we said when we talked about it, the... Message was a little bit too thick, but when it's all said and done, it's a wonderful movie. The next two became straight comedies, but that first one and this one, and he did them like back to back to back. Like, has there been a modern version of like Fear the Black Hat or CB4? Like, I don't remember in the last 10 years getting like a movie making fun of the rap industry of modern times. No, because now rap is serious. No, I think the closest thing we've come to anybody like really mocking like hip hop in a comedic way that like kind of everybody really accepted might have been the Boondocks. I thought you were going to say Drake, mm-hmm. but OK. <laughs> no, I, no, I mean, like, I think it, it might have been the Boondocks, like with the mm-hmm. uh, with uh, what was the name of that? Oh, uh, um, Mag- the, uh, the, the Magnificent. Magnificent. <laughs> Um, I got way too many cars in my driveway. Like they, they mocked. I mean, mostly they were mocking like the hip hop generation to a large degree on the Boondocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of it was just pretty much mocking the pop culture of the time, which was largely hip hop. And so that's the closest thing we've come to anything like that would be. Like I said, I, th- I think it would be that be the Boondocks. So uh, the next thing that happens is that they would. Fear of a black hat, they become, they go platinum because there's so many Republicans who are complaining about the music and trying to ban the music. Um, there was actually a, a person in the midst of a protest in one of the scenes. 
uh, a protest happening. They all had their uh, their their signs and everything. And a black one was holding up a sign that said Quakers against fear of a black or uh, Quakers against Negroes with hats, which made me laugh because I didn't know if there were any black Quakers. Um, <laughs> but the next thing that happens is they go to their next concert where they are now it like they are at well they're not quite it they're at mc slammer's concert mc slammer no just slammer <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just just slammer now you're like man he's spitting when he say that shit he's spitting on niggas when he say that shit that's what we call him mc stammer behind his back <laughs> and the nigga look like zion williamson um Yo, that dude there though, the guy that was slamming, like I remember him from that movie Class Act. Getting Class Act, mm-hmm. yeah, like he was getting smacked. He was all he always played like the goon, like that's <laughs> his only role. He was typecast as a black goon in, in in black comedies, man. That's just what he was. So this is the part. I apologize. This is the part where their manager gets shot. Uh, he gets shot because niggas with hats is making fun of the Jam Boys because now they're hotter than the Jam Boys are. And yeah. so the Jam Boys pull out guns and they accidentally shoot Guy Fresh. Um, so in the next part, and before we go into this next part, I do want to say that um, I had or wanted each and every one of these cross-color outfits they're rocking. Uh, <laughs> my wife was making fun of me right. because I will literally rock that white one that um, Ice Cold was wearing. I, I, I would probably rock that tomorrow if I could find it in a store somewhere. <laughs> and it, without irony, I would rock it and be the happiest motherfucker in the world because of how deep my love of cross colors was when we were growing up. Um, so then the next thing that happens is they're talking with Nina about the riots. Um, God damn it. So now were you guys, as they say, down with the riots? We was out of town. That brother on TV, he looked like me. No, I mean, did you agree with the riots? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, you know, the media was trying to say that the people looting was, you know, all lazy and didn't want to work. But I tell you what, you try carrying a leather sofa all the way from like Slauson and Crenshaw down to Pico or Venice or something like that. And then going back for them matching end tables, that's some work for your ass right there. <laughs> Even with three niggas. Plus, you got to go through all that smoke and shit. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, like T said, we was out of town when the shit happened. So is it that reminds me, when this film first starts, they're talking about, like, you know, people are from Compton or Oakland or, you know, Queens or Brooklyn. And <laughs> it said they were from Tough Neighborhood USA. That's <laughs> where they're from. <laughs> they were like, we don't talk about our neighborhood. We're from Tough Neighborhood USA. I mean, but we're all, they, I understand being from Tough Neighborhood USA. Because when you're from Tough Neighborhood USA, you're reaching out to every hood in the world, homie. You're hey. just reaching out and hugging the whole hood. The Ghetto Boys had a song called The World is a Ghetto. And it was essentially that message right there. Like, your ghetto ain't no harder than mine. Everybody talks about how hard their hood is, but we doing shit over here just as well as y'all doing shit over there. Everybody's hood isn't... Like, everybody has this, this idea that, like, it can't get no worse than where it is right now, where I'm at. Mm-hmm having no clue what somebody else is dealing with, not even 30, 30 miles away from you, somebody else might be dealing with some, some of the you know, same or similar shit. So like, it just kind of spoke to that whole idea, man. Like, yo, 
uh, all these neighborhoods, all of them gonna say they like they neighborhood was the toughest. So let's just say mm-hmm. tough neighborhood USA because everybody claimed they shit the hardest. Exactly. So after <clears throat> they put out their next video, Booty Juice. <clears throat> I have a problem with this video, by the way. <laughs> Go ahead. My problem with this video is my same problem that I have with uh, Sir Mixalot's video is that. Well, actually, it's worse with this one because the only woman that actually was like thick in this video was a white woman. Was well, a white woman, right? Some type of way. <laughs> and I was looking at her, and my wife was sitting next to me, and I was like, I don't know if I should comment on that, but yeah, the thickest woman in the video was that white woman. But you got to remember, also, I don't know if they meant for this to be the way that they that that it ended up being, but it is a message in that in most of those rap videos back in the day they'd have black women as the backgrounds and then have a white woman or a light-skinned woman. A light-skinned woman as, mm-hmm. a, as a focal point. And not only that, it kind of speaks to like, uh, <clears throat> you know, what we can what we consider a big butt nowadays. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know Much different. Like, like, look at, uh, like, if you look at that, uh, you know, Baby Got Back video and the girls that were in that video, like, for the time, like, you'd be like, damn, she got ass. But like, you look at what's going, you know, what pops on Instagram today, like, she wouldn't get as, well, she probably would. But like, but not as much. You wouldn't get as, as hard of a look as some of these other ones. So it's just kind of crazy, like how our perceptions have been like kind of like uh, kind of warped a bit as to mm-hmm. what's considered a, a, a big butt nowadays. They also did the thing where they put like a tap on when the woman's ass. And I was like, yo, did did Nelly watch this movie? Like yeah. Nelly had to watch this film. Like he had to watch this before tip drill. There's no possible way no, he did yeah. without this. I think I think the video was more so. I think this particular video for Booty Juice was actually like a, a mockumentary of Pumps and the Bumps. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So after that, <clears throat> Nina and Ice go to Ice's Ice Box, where Ice is talking about his next ventures, one of which is his newest book, FYM. Welcome to my establishment. Yeah, this is the part. Watch how she laughs. Yeah, Yeah, because it was written from a strong mindset. So you know how when people mess with you and put you through a lot of shit, you know, and and you you feel bad and then they put you through some more shit and it's like you get tired of it and you feel just like FYM. Fuck y'all motherfuckers. That's what the whole riots was all about. The riots was one big FYM. Fuck y'all motherfuckers. Are you planning a follow-up to this book? Oh, for certain, because I got a lot more to say. I think it's going to be called ASMD and suck my dick, you know? I was going to have an ASMBD and suck my black dick, but I'm more of a mocha-colored motherfucker, so that didn't really work. But she is It didn't really fit on there that well. Oh my God! He channeled he channeled Richard Pryor in that scene too. Like I watched that twice, and I was like, he sounds just like Richard Pryor. Like that's that would exactly be a Richard Pryor uh, stand up yeah uh, act right there. And so then they show uh, Tasty Taste, who's the most militant in the group, or seems the most militant because he's the darkest and wears the uh, camouflage outfits and everything, and he lives in a house on the hill surrounded by a bunch of white people and he takes her up to his uh his house with his shooting range and then he takes her into his bunker 
into his bunker. This is uh, so, this is so me. <laughs> that is literally full of guns. And you know what? You know what, Span? I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> so me. Now, why do you need all the uranium in a brown paper bag? Guns. When they talk about gun control, they talk about taking away our guns so they can control us. It ain't that kind of party. So I'm gonna be packing and strapping because T ain't napping. Uh, what's this one? What is that? This is a very good choice, little chickadee. You got an eye for this. This is a Uzi, fully automatic. Mm-hmm. I guess you have to really know what you're doing to use one of those. Nah, this is a good jammy for beginners. I mean, this is better than those autofocus cameras. You just spray the area. Do you know the caliber of all these guns? Uh, yeah, this one here is for little motherfuckers. This one here is for a couple more motherfuckers. And this here is for big motherfuckers. Are they registered with the state? State of siege. Before we go, I just want to show you this. This is some wild E. Coyote Acme shit. The reason I got this is because every time I watch them cartoons, this shit be blowing motherfuckers up. So I figured I should use it. See, first. Oh my God. That reminds me of one of my first dates with my wife, man. Just (laughs) showing a good collection. And, you know, I can see the pride in it because I know people who will walk through their video game collection that same way. And it's like, why do you got all these? Well, why not? Why not? Shit. What you trying to say? <laughs> what do you mean? Why, calibers. Why, why don't you have it? Like, what are you, what are you talking about right now? What are we doing? The calibers. This is for a few motherfuckers. <laughs> a few more motherfuckers. And this is for big motherfuckers. I use those calibers. Can I get... Something for a few motherfuckers, please. <laughs> That's a good choice. You got a good eye, my chickadee. Yo, he said this bomb was from Acme, <laughs> which is hilarious. That is so the way, funny. The way he was stroking that Uzi over the top, though, like it was a puppy. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, then uh, Ice is rolling with Nina in his car, his his new Mercedes uh, that he has registration for in the form of a picture taken with him and the car salesman. Um, they get pulled over by some security guards. <laughs> security guards make him lay down in the middle of the street. They make him uh, take off his hat. He's like, I'm not taking off my hat. So now again, they make him lay down the street with a gun to his head. There's like six or seven people taking videotape. Now you got to remember, this came out right around the time of Rodney King. Yeah. So one thing that did not age well was the hopes that this was going to end soon was them video and taking pictures and all that kind of shit. Now, I guess what? Cameras only got stronger. We needed it more. But um, when they let him back up, he's like, yeah. I'm going to do something about this. And what he did was he made a song because niggas with hats are nothing if not in the community and petty as fuck. Talk about get a real job and you can get a real car, motherfucker. Quit driving that toy shit with little lights and shit on top of it. That reminds me of that song you guys wrote. Fucking the security guard. That's why we wrote that song. Fuck you. I love this shit. Brother, though. Hey, motherfucker, ain't nothing but a punk ass bitch. Pissing me off. I ought to bust a cat in this fat ass. Yo, white. What we gonna do? Just gonna piss on this motherfucker. 
say fuck the security guards. He ain't a cop, but he still wanna act hard. On patrol at a goddamn convenience store. Getting jumped is a jump in a way home. Just a scarf and an ill-fitting suit. Got a little bit of power, so you wanna act a fool. Let some shit break out. And what you gonna do? Can't get back up, cause you don't got a crew. It seems like damn near every time I shop. I'm always getting caught, cause I wanna be caught. Follows me around like a magnet. Eyes on my ass like a two-bit faggot. Why gotta be? I'm treated like a keeper, cause I'm black. And wear a page on my jeans or a seam. I'm gonna have to set the sucker straight. I turn around and say, yo, punk it on my face. Anyways, no time pointing to his fake badge. You're real nice dick. That's what make a nigga hit a rash. He got cops and mates. Then a gal on his hip. He makes a move, but ice cold on trip. Cause I'm wearing my hat. And this shit feels good. Besides all that, I'm straight out of the neighborhood. With floor up on my AK-47. Bonus in the Acme Ridge. Pop, pop, straight to heaven. Or hell, who cares? Well, a motherfucker's always dead on the ground when I let the trigger go. Fuck the security guards. And, and, and go ahead, great. Brandon. No, I was just saying that's so great. Not only is it great, but like I said, his flow is just it's on point. That's literally the kind of flow that Ice Cube would have had. That's literally the kind of flow that Ren would have tried to have. You, you gotta know. Like I was surprised a few days ago to remember that Yellow Boy was in NWA. DJ Yellow. Yeah, him. Um, because I always thought Dr. Dre did all their beats. Um, and and then I was even more surprised to remember that Ren was looked at at one time as a respected rapper. Um, we were talking on Belly about pedophile rappers. Ren made a song um, on his solo album about a mom and her daughter having incest with him and the daughter was like, 15 years old just what want to keep throwing shit like that out there yeah it's the kind of stuff that you hear when it's the kind of stuff you run into when you are like 15 and listening to your older cousins rap albums and you're like wait what the fuck but anyways so after they do fuck the security guards the next thing that they do is they want to show kids that although that they are gangster rappers they have to show that the life of a of a gangster isn't <laughs> fun <laughs> and the way that they showed that a gangster's life ain't fun is by having the most fun you can ever have in a music video um yeah i wanted to be a gangster after i saw this like two days ago calls up, a life ain't fun. cocaine money on the table dom p with your name on it sitting in a hot tub with naked girls Like Scarface, bitch, I'm a superstar. Revered for all, though I am the villain. Gain a more juice, bottle, and profile, and I'm styling. Try to fly with Tommy Gun. I make gangster money, cause I'm gangster bold. Fuck gangster bitches wearing gangster gold. And I kill by will with skillful thrills. Another way to pay the bills. I'm the boy wonder, god of thunder. Make a move and I'll put you under. I'm notorious, I live glorious. I'm the fly gangster that remains victorious. Get up in the top shelf clothes. Go fucking the top shelf hoes. And I'm the man to call number one. Don't try to shit at home against life ain't fun. Tell him that's the man had a ice. Don't be drooling while he's fooling. They should be losing. We coming to you on the e pod tip. Against life ain't fun. 
So they're showing a gangster's life ain't fun with the naked girls with the titties to a bunch of like second graders. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me of original gangster. He was rapping like Ice T in yes, that one. Yeah. Very much so. And uh I just like again, every time that he says every time that he does a different song, it's a completely different style, but it's also like you believe that he could do it. Like you may not want to listen to it. Once I just found out that there was actual like the soundtrack, I'm going to get that shit today. Like I'm about to <laughs> be in a ride bumping that shit to work tomorrow, bro. Like that's just what it's gonna be. <laughs> I didn't know it was a soundtrack available. Yeah, they have all of them. Wear your hat, my peanuts, gorilla in the mist, booty juice, fuck the security guards, the gangsters life ain't fun, come pet the pussy. Uh I'm just a human being. Granny say kick your ass, grab your stuff, white cops on dope, and ice froggy frog. We'll be back to hindsight after this brief break. Hey, y'all. This is Derek. We want to thank y'all so, so much for listening to our show. Right now, at this very moment, we'd like for you to go ahead and screenshot your phone, your iPad, or wherever else you're listening to this show, and send it to us on Twitter, at Hindsight Reviews. We'll post it up and retweet it to everybody else, and you could be a part of our family. Also, be sure to leave a five-star review and let us know what you think of the show wherever you listen to the podcast at. Thank you so much, and back to the show. So, the next thing that happens is that, uh, like we said, they're showing uh, Gangsta Life Ain't Fun to a bunch of little kids at an elementary school because they're having a Rappers Against Violence Day. And the Rappers Against Violence they have is Niggas With Hats and the Jam Boys, the two rivals sitting in a classroom together. And they start talking about how, you know, rappers are against violence. We know there's a lot of evils and ills out there in the world we want you to stay clear of. You got to understand, when we was y'all's age, right, we was already <laughs> knocking off liquor stores and stuff like that there. You know what I'm saying? Making serious ends. Word. If you wasn't, you was a punk. Say that, man. Let me tell you something. These brothers are sore. Tell them, dog. You ever hear about folk knocks? Oh, no. Tell them about four <laughs> knocks. I don't even want to get into that because, you know, it's still pending and all. You know, before this gets out of hand, just let me say this, all right? Last year, there was $700 billion missing from the nation's savings and loans. I ain't going to say no more. I, I'm, I'm sure that these gentlemen aren't <laughs> responsible for any savings and loans fraud. You're right, teacher, because they're too stupid to even think of something that brilliant. They're too soft to even pull it off. Yeah, we about as soft as a cock in a hen house. <laughs> Look, how many times have you been shot? Show them your, your wounds, no, boo. No, 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 no. They got little kids here. This brother been shot 22 times. 22 times. He ain't got no blood. Yeah, Word. 22 times. Nothing. Word. Tasty taste was shot with a bazooka. Okay. Yeah. What are you talking about? To be six foot four. Hey, man. Just look at him. He was six foot four before he got captured. <laughs> Thank you, Toasty. Tasty. Um, excuse me, but I think the whole point here was to uplift the children and... Shut up! Drop the bomb on that nigga, man. Fly mission. All right, check this out. Check this. You want to see soft? Man, I was trying to be nice to y'all, you know, <laughs> violence. And I didn't want this stuff to get out of hand. But check this out here. My man here, 
That was a pimp school, man. Look at this here. Prep school. Look, my man. Class of 87. See? Bow tie, checkered pants. He was on the Glee Club. My man was on the yearbook stand. He was a yearbook editor. How you gonna be a hardcore OG gangster editing the yearbook? Well, that's great. That, that, that is such a cute picture. Let's pass it around for you. Hey, get back before I kick your ass. You gonna rule our red. We'll see if you <laughs> <laughs> rule our red. Show them how much punk they was. Show that piece of paper. You's a punk ass bitch. Why well, you better curse him from your monkey? Oh my god. That was um like his real name is Clarence, and Clarence lives at home with both parents. That's what I was thinking. Like I wonder watching this if Eminem saw Fear of a Black Hat. And was like, I got the perfect thing to end this against Clarence. But that's exactly what it was. He he went to prep school. That wasn't prep school. That was a pimp school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're going to ruin our rap. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Deezer D. Oh. OG gangster rapper added in the yearbook. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. So the next thing that happens is that uh, Tasty Taste hooks up with Cheryl, uh, who has hooked up with many famous people. And they don't have the same. You know what? So with CB4, we talked about how whether they meant to or not, they were actually uplifting black women or, you know, and and they were uplifting having sex positive women. Uh, They were uplifting women who had voices and were speaking up for themselves, things of that nature. Fear of a black hat, not so much. Mm-mm. I mean, no. Um, at first, I was like, maybe Nina, but Nina never really says. Well, there is a point in time when she says that um, that that uh, their lyrics are misogynistic. Um, but past that, not really anything where she's saying, you know, y'all niggas need to sit the fuck down and be real about your life the way that uh, the the news reporter does on CB4. So there's that. But then again, like we said, we were pointing toward our Chris Rock was fully pointing CB4 towards it being a conversation on how rap is not something that, you know, you should want to emulate, how a rapper's life is not something you want to be a part of, how a gangster's life rather is something you should not want to be a part of. Meanwhile, on the other hand, you got Rusty who uh, looks at rap and makes a gangster's life ain't fun while making it look fun as shit. I just really love the uh, juxtaposition between these two movies that came out at the same exact time. And it's not like one is bad and one is good. They're both excellent movies. It's just this one is, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. This is the rap version of Spinal Tap. And Mm -hmm. it never got the respect that it deserved as such. Um, but as far as classics go, this one stands alone to me. Yeah. Oh man. I agree. So, anyways, they meet. We meet Cheryl, who is uh, ever since the Beatles with Yoko Ono. <clears throat> there's always been a woman who breaks up the group or causes the dissolution of groups, and Cheryl is that woman. Cheryl is 
um, a gold digger. Uh, she dates celebrities and celebrities only. She's always on the arm of a celebrity. Um, and when she meets Ice Cold, it is on the arm of Tasty. Um, she speaks for Tasty. She pretty much uh, tells him where and when and how high to jump, which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, shit, I mean. My, my wife tells me when to do stuff and I do it because, you know, it's a partnership. But with Tasty, it's not so much a partnership as it is to, in, in Ice's opinion, it's not so much a partnership as this nigga sprung and he's whipped. So, yeah, that's how he feels about it. And so they have a, a issue. He Ice has an issue with Cheryl. Tasty has an issue with Ice getting a role in a movie because their new manager gets him hooked up with a role in Jike Spingleton's. <laughs> <laughs> when I say we are hitting all buttons in this movie, we are hitting all the buttons. He gets a, a role in Jike Spingleton's new movie, and here's where he's discussing it. AK out this mug, and then this, look at, listen to this. Yo, motherfucker, drop it. How am I sound saying some shit like that? I just bust a cap in their ass. It should be over with. But you, oh, well, check this out. This is Jake Spingleton. This is director of New Mac Village. <laughs> New Mac Village. Yeah. Hey, don't turn the camera off. I got something to say. I got something to say to John and to Spike and to Maddie. You stole my shit. I had the hat before you did. I had the glasses before you did. And I was short before you were, wasn't I? Yeah, he stole all his shit, man. I mean, this motherfucker was short, nearsighted, and angry long before y'all, motherfuckers. Yes. I heard. Jack, we're ready. They're ready. All right, man. Team 59, take three. Marker. Now, I told you about holding back on me. Now, kicking out freebies to your friends ain't part of the program. This ain't no Mickey D. And it ain't no happy hours. So the next time you come up short, you behind. You got it. four bullets and killed seven people. Stuff ain't going out of the neighborhood. Boy, it ain't too late for you to straighten up. 
So he took time out to make fun of New Jack City in the midst of everything else. I just realized yesterday that instead of him being Nino Brown, his name was Rico, mm-hmm. and that he was, uh, you know, having babies sell dope for him. Favorite part is where he said, prove you ain't got no drugs, and then they starts pulling drugs out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> He's throwing it at him, no. He's chucking him at him. <laughs> He's not throwing the drugs at him. <laughs> I ain't got nothing. Bye. Put him in the head with a key. <laughs> I told oh. you I ain't got nothing. What this? <laughs> what this? <laughs> he still had that shit on him, bro. Oh, man. So then he gets back to uh, their concert. He gets back to the dressing room right, right before the show starts. And Cheryl's like, yeah, you need to ask him where he's been and why you ain't getting a role in a movie and why he's only getting a role. And Cheryl's really asking questions that Tasty is parroting, um, which gets on Ice's nerves. Ice is like, yo, I thought we was friends and all that kind of stuff. And Cheryl's like, well, you need to tell him that you ain't down for this shit. And Tasty's like, yeah, I ain't down for that shit. And so they fight on stage and so the next day um tasty and their new manager their new manager's like yo we need to y'all need to dead this shit before we go to our next show so they knock on the door of ice's hotel room and they go in and ice is asleep and under the blankets and so tasty's like yo man we need to talk we need to get this shit taken care of and ice is like all right cool and then he realized he has somebody in the bed with him and he's like, yo, I got somebody with me. Can y'all come back later? And Tasty's like, yo, I've seen you with girls before. This is nothing. And the manager's like, yeah, man, this is nothing. And so the girl pops her head up from underneath the covers and it's motherfucking Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Tasty's like, yo, how the fuck can you do this to me? How dare you? And Cheryl's like, I wanted what I wanted when I wanted it. <laughs> And so they start pulling guns on one another and then Tone Deaf comes into the room and starts pulling a gun and Cheryl pulls a gun and then the manager pulls a gun, but the manager has his bullets in his pocket because he ain't really right around about about it. And so everybody's pointing guns at each other like they are, um, like it's a standoff scene in a drug movie. And the manager finally loads one bullet into his gun and shoots it. And it somehow ricochets off everything like it's fucking uh, 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 Warner Brothers cartoon. And boing, ping, pound, boing, and shoots the manager and he dies. So that's like their, their fifth or sixth dead manager, their fifth dead manager. Yeah. So after that, um, NWH, obviously, after finding out that Cheryl and Ice were cheating, on uh tasty they break up and so the next time nina catches up with ice is about eight months later uh on and he's talking about his new venture nwh was history hold on real real quick just a second all right one of the things i think we just missed out on though was that like at this this gunfight over Mm -hmm. the and stuff tasty was getting fucking sexually aroused at the fact that everybody had guns and was fucking (laughs) Yes. Yes. <laughs> he even said so. You're like, my dick is getting hard. <laughs> like, 
motherfucker was getting aroused at the fact that everybody in that room was about to die. Like, he was ready to go, bro. Oh. Oh, man. And he said at the beginning, if y'all notice, I ain't said nothing in like 20 minutes. He's literally the most dangerous motherfucker in the group. Yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah, eight months later. Now, this album is your first artistic venture since leaving NWH. Yeah, well, you know, um, I thought it was time for me to step off, you know, and kick that whole NWH thing to the curb for a minute and find my own flavor, you know what I'm saying? You say that this album is politically oriented, but this song is called Compet the P-U-S-S-Y. Compet the Pussy. Yeah, but we do, I do say P-U-S-S-Y in the song because I set it up like that, kind of like it's the letters, you know, like an uh, anagram. Anagram? Like an anagram, you know what I'm saying? So it's like P is... Uh, political, U, unrest, S, stabilizes, another S, society, Y, yeah. No. Yeah. And so what we're saying is if we want to change this madness that's going on in our community, in our world, then we got to step to the pussy, step to this ideology. We got to embrace the pussy. You understand embracing the pussy? You ever had your pussy embraced? I mean, if someone like really came up and just, you know, embraced that I guess it should be said right now that um first of all in cb4 they had wacky d and wacky d when i first saw cb4 i thought the wacky d was supposed to be a takeoff of um cnc music factory turns out he's supposed to be a spinoff more of mc hammer um but ice plant which is his name on this one ice the ice plant um this is cnc music factory by far yeah. Uh, including the fact they have a petite Asian lady lip syncing the lyrics to the chorus "Come and Pet the Pussy" <laughs> with a gospel singing black woman's voice. She's singing it, and um, so they they do talk about that in a little bit. It, it does come back around. I just wanted to let y'all know before we get to that part that there is a part where they talk about this little Asian lady having such a huge voice. Brandon, thoughts? 
What did they say the anagram for pussy was again? Political unrest, socialized society, yes. <laughs> That's so great, man. Man, I really, I you don't understand how much I love this movie. I was, I usually live tweet the movies when we watch them. I couldn't live tweet this one because one, I didn't know what to say because it's it's it's, it's nothing. I, mean, I don't know what to say about it. It was just so I just kept laughing throughout the whole thing. I we we skipped my favorite part of this film, but my favorite part of this film was when they were talking about the other rappers groups. Oh no, no, it came later. And the one of them was named um, Time, Rosemary, and Parsley, like salt and pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like Time, Rosemary, and Parsley. I laughed so hard. I don't think I've laughed hard, that hard at a movie line in a long time when they said that. I could not believe it. But um, yeah, th- that this video was great. Because there's some crazy motherfuckers on this tour. Oh, word up. Yo, that shit was fucked up, well, we are we still cool? Yeah, man. Y'all remember Vanilla Sherbet? Hey, yo, what's up, man? Peace. We had to jack him a little bit. We still chilling though, right, G? Yeah. Uh, all right, then. You still seeing that dude about your nerves and shit? Huh? Yeah, I got the cast up last week, but we in there, motherfucker. All right, money. All right. <laughs> yeah, this my man here, MC Slammer. All the dance moves for you behind. Oh, boy, I dropped the MC. It's just slamming now. Slamming. That's what it is. Yeah. Come on, come on, see, motherfuckers spit when he say that stuff. That's why people call him MC Stammer behind the back and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is where it's at. Check it out, check it out. NWH, are, all the, everything he says. They are really What's your favorite song? Uh, Bald and Buried, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good you? one. Oh, you know my favorite, Peanuts in My Pants. That's, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Peanuts in My Pants all the time, and then they wrote a song about it. Oh, ho, ho, you know I'm a producer. This is somebody I'm getting ready to produce. Uh, what's your name? Oh, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. Wait just a minute, you produce her? You said you're supposed to produce me, honey. You don't be trying that. You've been talking that mess ever since I met you five months ago on the street, okay? Who do you think you are? You cannot treat me like that, honey. Let me tell you something. Don't listen to him, okay? He is tired, honey, okay? It's rough being me, you know what I'm saying? This is your highness. I ain't want to fuck with that. And this is parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Yo, y'all straight from the Bronx. Yeah, we better than salt and pepper. Yeah, they just two spices, we four. Oh, and they common spices. Mm. Over here, we got some perpetrators. A bunch of ice wannabes. See, ice cold, I'm the man, but we got ice tray, ice coffee, ice water, ice bird. Ice cup, ice box. I ice mean, it gets cup. real ridiculous when people trying to bite your style. You know what I'm saying? But hey, that's the way it is. It's the rap world. What can I tell you? Hold up. Yo, 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 kill that noise. She got to change the lineup here. Fuck my ass, man. Listen, this. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was waiting for. I'm like, if we gonna go back to this part, we gonna get my favorite part of this scene. <laughs> Yo, we gotta change the lineup. Suck my ass, man. <laughs> and it's it's like it's there's no reason for it. It's in the background. If y'all see this movie, there's nobody on camera saying it. It's just somebody on the sideline. Suck my ass, man. 
pussy the next step is nina goes and talks to tone deaf who is now what's the niggas names who made that baby you send me song baby you send me da, doom da, set adrift on memory bliss you send me yeah who made that song uh, i'm drawing a fucking blank right now rare ass no that's that's a that's a go-go group it wasn't rare ass <laughs> PM Don. PM Don. Okay. So Tone Deaf is turned into a PM Don type. I would say PM I Don. Thinking, I was thinking more so like diggable planets, but I get you. I can see Q tip too. Yeah. But this is before Q tip started doing that vibrant thing shit. Mm-hmm. But definitely diggable planets and definitely PM Don, especially when you think about that dude from PM Don, and then you look at the way that uh, tone depth is dressed going forward he looks just like that nigga but I ain't black I'm a human being you're human from antics. Yes. what does that mean well it's a new way of looking at the human form see you might not notice but I'm not black not? it took me a long time to realize that but uh, I'm not black or colored or negro or african american or marini or high yellow or creole none of those labels that society places on us see i don't see color anymore you know i look at people and everybody seems to be the same shade you sure it's not the glasses Before we get there, this is definitely PM Dawn. Like, even the beat behind it is the same beat as Baby You Send Me. That boom, boom, boom. Baby, you send me. It's been a long time since you've heard that song, hasn't it, Mr. Span? 
Yeah, I, I don't even know what song you're talking about right now. Hold on one second. I got you, fam. I got you. I'm gonna do this real quick just so then we can um just so that you can hear the juxtaposition between these two songs. Um, they're the ones who did you know I'll die without you. Is it my turn? I definitely don't know what the hell you're talking about. Forget you both. Hold on one second. But you are old. Wait, was that on was that on the uh on the boomerang soundtrack? Yes. Oh yeah, it's the same song. Same exact song. I can't believe y'all never heard Set Adrift on Memory Bliss. That's like their big baby, you send me. I mean, I've heard it. It's been some years. Yeah. Like, but it wasn't like the shit that I was rocking with. You know what I'm saying? No, I feel you. I feel (laughs) you. It it was I I I I was more in tune with the being I I don't fucking know. No, I'm just saying like the shit bopped to me. Like those two songs. Yeah, if I heard it, it, it was because I heard it like on a movie soundtrack. Like, yes, I was walking in the park or some shit like that, but it wasn't like that. Not without you was definitely on the boomerang soundtrack, yeah. definitely. And I think Set Adrift on Memory Bliss was something that they had on like Beverly Hills 90210. I think that's where it first popped off. Mm. And then it went from there. But I know it was on the box and video soul and all that. But that's where the new human formantics got their song from and then you go to that nigga tasty who's just mad (laughs) obviously and and with good reason he's mad still because ice cheated with cheryl so while everybody else changed their style up a little bit that nigga changed his style up none he just completely focused on fuck that nigga ice so you're looking um well you see my new album no Brand new from the taste T, aka Tasty Taste. Stream use of force. Now see that's Ice's ass, right? And that's what you <laughs> with the jackhammer. So you know what's going on. You hate ice. That high yellow gold tea wearing cock blocker skeezer grabbing blockheaded punk motherfucker. I go <laughs> saying, I do things on my album that he would never do. And you mean songs like um the Ice Man Melted? I see, eat me, fuck ice. But see, the cut you didn't mention that's dope, sister, is the cut called I'm Gonna Kick Your Booty, where I put my foot up some ice. That's my shit. Look at this. Yeah, suckers, it's me. The timidity, serving up dynamite. It's like like a cobra at the foot of your bed. It's over when I leave you for dead. insane 
right. The hey. best part of that video beyond his beyond his lyrical form, his style, is that end part where the foot is going up against them sweaty ass cheeks and all you hear is Pock. <laughs> Like who volunteered for that? Like, you know what? I just need your I just need your ass, bro. We don't need to see you. We just need your ass. Put your ass over here. We're gonna kick it in. We're gonna kick you in the buck a couple of times, man. We're gonna right. put a whole bunch of water on your ass so it's nice and glistening. And this somebody just gonna go straight across, like not even into your cheek. They're gonna go across both butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> somebody got roundhouse kicked in the ass. <laughs> so mad I could just hey. bitch slap you. Uh, but we imagine being that person, right? And like you telling people like I was in the movie once. You're like for real. Like what? What, what did you play? You're like oh well, it was just my ass, and somebody uh, just rubbed, rubbed a uh, black boot across my ass. But it was me. It was my ass. I got paid for that. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. I worked hard for that. Oh my god, that song goes though. Like that is dead on. And I know I say this. That is dead on. What what LL Cool J would have done at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And then comes the the of course scene where. The fallout from the fallout from them uh, breaking up. There's always that scene. And see, before it happened because Trust has got shot and that brought them all together um, to his funeral. And this one, niggas were just fucking up. Tasty Taste may be looking to do more than kick just ice cold's booty. Seems his latest manager has ripped Tasty off for more than a few thousand dollars. In other NWH news, Ice Cold now finds himself embroiled in a lawsuit filed by Mabel Ann Jackson, who claims she's received neither credit nor compensation for singing the female lead vocal track on the Ice Plant single, Come and Pet the Pussy. With us right now in the studio is Tafini, who refutes Mabel Ann's claim and says it was definitely her voice that sang the vocal track on that song. Tafini? Hi. Uh, I'd like you to listen to something and tell me this, if this is really your voice. Okay. Oh, I gotta go listen to this song. Now you're, now you're saying that's definitely you. Hey, that's um, my voice. <laughs> the pussy. Well, Tafini, a lot of people are having trouble imagining how someone with an accent as pronounced as yours can sound so black. I speak Japanese, but um, I sing black uh, like a polo adul. Uh, no, you didn't. You know damn well you didn't sing Compact the Pussy. I sang that song. No, I sing song. Bitch, please. <laughs> I sing song. Uh, further NWH news, Tony Depp, former spiritual member of NWH and currently on his own with new human formatics, has run into some trouble in New York City. I so. Seems some cabbies there aren't buying Tone's assertion that he's not black. First he was turned down by a cabbie on Broadway, and then when he attacked the car, reportedly screaming, I'm not black, I'm only human, the cabbie jumped out and together with some nearby colleagues proceeded to beat Tone until police arrived. <laughs> new York City apparently being human isn't enough. I'm Kurt Loader, still white and reportedly human in New York City. This leads to literally one of the best lines in this entire fucking movie. When they uh, are talking in the... They're talking... So they're talking in the hospital room with Tasty. They're talking about how they can see his nuts. They're laughing and and are they're talking in, in Tone Death's uh, hospital room. They're laughing and everything. And Tasty's like, you know what? I can see your nuts. They start laughing about that. But Tasty's like, I don't know if I still want to kick your ass. So they don't get back together yet. 
but then they find out that each of their individual singles aren't enough to actually uh, have time or make enough time for them to get more than three or four minutes each up on stage for the next show that they're doing. So they each got like seven minutes. Uh, Jam Boys walk down the stairs with Cheryl on the arm of Deezer D. <laughs> Uh, and they stopped to talk shit to uh, Ice for a second. Um, let me see if I can get this video real quick. I know I can, though. I'm dope. But uh, they stopped to talk shit to Ice real quick as they're coming down the stairs with Cheryl. <laughs> you need to quit, sucker. <laughs> you, 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 you lie down with dogs, and then you wake up with disease, motherfuckers. Look, you see this? He's trying to get some more time. They only gave me seven. Seven? They gave me four to do I'm Only Human. I don't want to do that shit, man. I ain't even with it. I'll tell you what, I was wrong on that. Yeah? But on my next joint, I ain't talking about nothing about except for doing something about these punk-ass cab drivers. ass. <laughs> 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 that he went into a new format like i'm back to <laughs> i ain't doing nothing but riding on these punk ass cab drivers so oh, man. the manager of the jam boys comes out or the ex-manager of the jam boys turns out after he got out of jail the jam boys left him behind and got a new manager so he's asking ice tasty and tone deaf if they want to start a group together if they want to come back and do a reunion they agree to do so uh and they end up uh becoming again the special guests of another concert there they do a reunion album that very or a reunion show that very night and take top billing um which yeah i thought was dope Backward to make that step forward and then they close out of the show by not just talking about how um you know uh, NWH working on their first fifth album, The Black and the Hat comes back, and their manager, uh, well, Cheryl is now dating a member of the Raiders, the Rockets, and a well-known producer. Their manager, Reggie, got shot and killed, but they were out of town when that shit happened. <laughs> but they had quite possibly the best credit scenes that I had yeah. ever seen at that time because this nigga Rusty's like, I got jokes, and we gonna get them jokes off. And so these happen. See, NWH, or niggas with hats, as we prefer. I mean, we have all kinds of hats. I'm talking beanies, kangos, fedoras, uh, scarves, wishkas, baseball caps, beanies, yarmulkes. Yarmulkes? Yarmulkes. I'm talking about some really fresh motherfucking hats in a wide variety. <laughs> well, you certainly do have some very interesting hats. Oh, we always moving. Never sit still. We like to win. Out of here. Take away the pornography. Take away, you know, the, the you know, women bashing. Take away all the, the uh, kill whitey stuff. Take it all away. And you got the kids next door. You really do. Next door to you? Not me. 
<laughs> why do you need so many tennis shoes? Well, you know, uh, some men, a car is an extension of himself, or tennis shoes are for me an extension of who I am, you understand? Plus, I get them for free. You've got an endorsement, then. Yeah, my cousin Ricky, he endorses me all the time. You know, he works down at the shoe store in the mall. You know, so this is my first pair. He gave me those very first concert. See, I want to understand, y'all understand something. Like, when I say nigga, I don't mean nigga in the way that a lot of people, when they say nigga, mean nigga, right? Because to me, nigga breaks down to a whole different thing. Like, check this out. Like, see, nigga stands for naturally intelligence, gonna get, you know, like a head. But you might even want to take it a little bit further than that. Just like you might say, nigga stands for naturally intelligent, gonna get that ass. Now, there's no T in there. That would be nigga tough. But you pretend that T is there, right? So you got naturally intelligent, gonna get ass. And then that ass stands for naturally intelligent, gonna get a, uh, another S system, S started. This is a bazooka. See? And you just pick this up like this. <laughs> It's 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 kind of heavy, but I figured if I couldn't pick it up, I need to have it. Why would you need a bazooka? Well, sometimes you got to take out stuff like a bus or a building or a bunch of motherfuckers. Do you worry that you have a lot of enemies more than the average guy? So what you trying to say? You trying to say that I'm like paranoid stuff? Do I look like the kind of person that would be paranoid? I mean, when you're rolling with this. Would you be paranoid? This nigga got a rocket launcher. <laughs> this is, as per my song, Booty Juice, bottled booty juice. This is going to be big. Check it out. Let me turn on the booty juice display. It's not pasteurized. It ain't from concentrate. And I tell you what, we just like Evian around here. We get our booty juice straight from the source. Believe that. When I see you got a little source behind you, we might be able to use. Thanks, I like to keep my juices to myself. All right, well, you let me know if we can ever stick a tap into that and we can all make some money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what exactly is the difference between a hoe and a bitch? A hoe fucks everybody. Right, but see, a bitch fucks everybody but you. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that one. <laughs> You know, my more troubled days, back when I was banging like you wouldn't believe. See, this this was my angry shoe, I called it. Why? Well, you know, because it was like two or three sizes too small. You put that motherfucker on right away, you angry. You know, especially if you got the walker block or two, make your face go. You know, I was angry at Rick for months after that shit. Look at this. I saw this laying over here. The NWH uh, divider and shit. This is when you know you blowing up major, crazy large, because then they take you out of that generic end bullshit where they put all the whack niggas, you know? They right. have like one or two fucked up albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we ain't too tired to bust a cap in your ass. Believe that. Oh, my God. What a, that was another thing we kind of missed, though. So yeah, I'm going back to it. Go ahead. Nina became his baby mama. Nina yes. became, yes, then they are... Uh, he was like, I'm going to tap that juice. Uh, I'm, I'm a uh, the, his son, the one that he had like upside down, he was mm -hmm. holding upside down. He's like, uh, this is my baby mama, Riri. She's like, my name is Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> they say he's going to take out crisscross. He's going to have upside down. And you know, this did come out in 93 around that time where crisscross and, 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 and another bad creation were beefing with one another. Yeah. Um, Something that a lot of folks may not have heard because they didn't hear that East Coast family 
album that with the all for one, one for all on it yeah. was another bad creation came out with a diss song on that album called All Y'all Wanna Be ABCs. So there was a little bit of fire between these uh, little ass kids yeah. back in the day. And it was <laughs> a real. A whole bunch of adults making money off of. Yeah, very much so. Michael Bivens like, you need to say something else about him. But um, like I said, by and large, this has to be like my favorite mockumentary by far. But it's also probably top 10 in my favorite movies of all time. Oh, it's definitely in my top 10. Like, I'm like, I haven't seen anything yet that would, it probably will never fall off. I'm gonna just say that now. Exactly. It'll probably never fall off. It's top 10, easy. There's a couple, there's a whole ass skit, or I used to have a whole ass segment of the show where I use some sounds from this movie to introduce that whole fucking segment. The ass hat of the week came from the, yo, we got some hats now, motherfuckers. That's where this shit came from. That's what NWH is all about. We got a whole hat philosophy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Kick it. I mean, see, back in the days when there were slaves and stuff, they would work in the hot sun all day, you know, with the sun beating down on them. Hatless. I mean, not even a babushka. Word. Heads totally exposed to the sun. You know? And so by the time they got back to the plantation, from being in all the heat, they was too tired to rebel against their masters, right? So what we saying with niggas with hats is, yo, we got some hats now, motherfuckers. Brandon? I love this film. Um, you know, CB4 was always one of my favorite films of all time, and I'd never heard of this film before this week. Um... And I watched this and I love this film. And I just want to go buy it now because I'm afraid it's going to be off Amazon at some point. I won't be able to find it again. So I want to just buy it so I can have it because I, I, like I said last week, I probably watch CB4 once a year, every year, because it's mm-hmm. just one of my favorite films. And this is going to be one of those too. Like I literally texted my cousin Devin and I was like, Devin, you have to go watch this movie that we're reviewing. Like it's, it's, it's just perfect. I wish somebody famous would like, talk about this so that people would just go watch it and it'd be a thing again. But I feel like it's, you know, one of the things I'm starting to see as I get older, even though I'm not that old, is that like 90s stuff seems it's such a long time ago for like the people of today. So it's like, I wonder if somebody that's like 25, 26 would even have any clue about any of these references. Like it's, it's, it's fascinating to me because I think things are a little bit, not to get deep, but I think it's things are different right now. Cause like when I was, when I was younger, like, I remember the stuff. Like, when I was growing up, I used to watch, like, TV Land and all the old stuff from the 60s and 70s and listen to music from the 70s. And, you know, so I would I would get those references when I would watch old movies that would reference stuff from there. But I feel like, you know, if you just picked a random, you know, person who likes hip-hop that's 26 years old, like, would they even get all the stuff that we're laughing at? So I started thinking about that. But as far as the movie itself, I love it. Like, I'm going to watch it every year now. I am so glad. Like I was, I I knew for me that this was a laugh a minute type movie, but I was like, I don't know how it's gonna hit Brandon. So I was I was honestly concerned because this this isn't like Dead Heist. This is a movie, and and Antoine, I know that you know what I'm talking about when I say that there are certain movies that you want other people to love it the way that you love it. 
and Brandon, if you hadn't loved this movie, I don't, I don't know if I, I, I would have just looked at you a little bit differently, fam. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love this movie. I enjoyed it a lot. <sighs> Boy, so <laughs> next, what were you saying, Span? Sorry. One thing about that though, when we start talking about, we kind of wish that, like, you know, somebody famous would talk about it, and, um, and you know, more people get to talking about it and go back and watch it. The only thing, I, the, the only thing I, I would. I wouldn't want for that is that of course people will oh, be, I know what you're gonna say they're gonna be looking at it with today's lens and yes. you know they're gonna totally strip all the like the the comedy out of it and they're gonna write think pieces and they're gonna yes. like and it's just gonna be a whole ass thing he's gonna be like dog it was written in 92 93 you weren't even born yet you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. yes. these weren't things we were thinking about or talking about social media wasn't even a thing when this shit came out like just let this be what it was for the time and just judge it on that. And that's the only thing about it. Like, you know, people get these, uh, we start, we start judging these things by today's standards, not by, you know, how the thing was when it first came out. And so I think part of the reason, the other part of the reason why I love this film so much is because it does attach me a little bit to my childhood too. I was 15, 16 when I first saw this film. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, even now, I'm still giggling because I'm giggling like I was when I was fucking 15 and 16. Like, yeah, <laughs> some of this shit I just wasn't supposed to be laughing at. Truthfully speaking, we probably still ain't supposed to be laughing at this shit. But you laugh in, in like, in spite of yourself, right? You know better, but you still laugh in spite of it. It's like when a comedian tells a joke that you know you shouldn't be laughing at. You know, it's like, oh, that's fucked up, but that's still funny. <laughs> you know? And I think you get a lot of that in this film. Yeah, well, we kind of lost that, like... You know, it is good to be more socially aware of things and to be better people. But yeah. sometimes some things are just funny. Like yeah. some sometimes things are funny, and if and you're gonna laugh at it because it's funny, and this movie is funny, like from start to finish, it's funny. And I don't like. I just don't see how someone. Could, I mean, I do see because I'm on Twitter, so I know how it can happen. But I don't see how someone could watch this film and just not think it's just a funny film from like start to finish. <sighs> It's one of those things that you would have to actually admit that you had a good time with. And I just want to leave off with this last thing. I, I meant to I meant to play this. I'm sorry. Exactly. So what we're saying is we don't front. You know, we perform in this motherfucker. They say it's a quiet one, so you have to watch out for. And if you notice, I ain't said shit for a couple minutes now. <laughs> That's true. And I also noticed that you don't smile too much. Damn skipping. Cause you be smiling, motherfuckers think you a punk. And I ain't no punk. See, Tasty, he once shot a motherfucker for taking this picture while he was thinking about smiling. How about when you're making love? Nah. nah. See, if you smile, then a woman thinks she got you. Bet. You know, next thing you know, she asking you for money and shit. Exactly. I mean, you know, the best thing, if you think you're the kind of motherfucker that's predisposed to be smiling and shit, you best to kick that shit doggy style. Pow! You know, then you can go in from behind, right? And and then you don't have to worry about her seeing you and shit. Right. Making all kind of faces. Make sure you ain't got no mirrors and nothing around, you know. (laughs) I'm sniffling, y'all, because I'm laughing so hard, I'm literally crying at parts of this movie. It's a bonafide classic to me. I have no complaints. This, the last time we had a movie like this, Brandon, I think it was what, Boomerang? Where we just literally sat back and let the clips play and just laughed at it. Mm-hmm. I think it was Boomerang, but this is up there in that pantheon of just 
amazing comedies to me. And again, I'm going to put the link to the YouTube page or the YouTube link so y'all can watch this movie without having to pay for it. But please buy it. It is available on Amazon Prime Video. You can buy it for, uh, I think, like $7 on Amazon Prime. We're going to buy it off of there. Um, and I'm so glad that we're doing a movie this week that makes us laugh for the right reasons because next week we're doing a movie that's going to make us laugh for the wrong reasons next week we're doing states property part two uh, yeah uh, i've never seen that movie either yeah you're going to be see that's why i'm glad we did this one first because you wouldn't have trusted me with fear of a black hat if i had asked you to watch this after watching states property too um i apologize in advance for states property too brandon um but we are going to have Ace on with us to talk about it, which always makes things better. Um, and you're in for a... Uh, <laughs> My man's like, like, I don't know, bro. <laughs> he's, he's, he's in for a moment. <laughs> like, he's it's burned me many, many times so far since we started this. Like, I don't know, bro. But, <laughs> many I brought, times. but I brought you fear of a black hat. You like, did. The one that I knew was going to be an out-the-park home run, I made sure that we saw this. This I is my, y'all have me on for this, but like I said, this is one of my all-time favorite movies. You know what? I appreciate you coming through because I honestly, I do too. I honestly did not think that there was anybody else in the world who loved this movie the way I love this movie. This my shit, man. <laughs> and 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 I dig you so. Like, dude, I love you for that. Like, <laughs> we've been through so many fires together anyway. But this is just another thing that it's just like, damn, that's dope. Like, that's really dope. And I really do appreciate you coming through. Tell the folks one more time where they can find you at all the places. The floor is yours. Oh, man. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My name on uh, both of those platforms is Mr. Underscore Span. So you can follow me there. Um, you can check out the Span Report Podcast Network on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, pretty much everywhere you get like podcasts and shit except like SoundCloud because we don't do SoundCloud over here. Mm, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, man, you can hit up our website www.thespareport.com You can go there. You can actually watch replays of the shows because I do the shows live. You can watch replays of the show. Uh, you can vote in polls when we put the polls up uh, and, you know, enjoy the show however you know however you want to, but like we got a lot of different ways that you can get at us and we, uh, we appreciate everybody who comes through. You know, I was I was thinking a couple of days ago about how dope it is that we got into all of this stuff early enough in the game where there are no numbers behind your name. There are no uh, underscores that you don't want to be there. And for Mr. Span, it's Mr. Underscore S-P-A-N-N. It'll be in the show notes. But um, that sometimes that folks be like, wait a minute, how did they spell it Spain? And I go, oh, shit, no, that ain't right. <laughs> yeah. And also... When he says his show is available everywhere, literally just Google Span Report and your favorite podcast, Way to Find It, will pop up. Because um, we started doing this shit before SEO was a thing. We just were the SEO. Yeah, that was <laughs> That's just how it worked. Put, like, I wish I'd have put like the Black Span Report or some shit like right? that. Right? Because if I put like the Black or something in my shit, man, I'd have, get, I'd have got all the Black listeners. Like, right? <laughs> I get a lot of German listeners, man. Germany is hot with the spare report because they think I'm German. You know what I'm saying? And they find out, they're like, oh, shit, this is like some American Negro. I'm, I'm good. 
<laughs> and for me, I didn't do anything except for like alliteration. So single simulcast just sitting there. And folks were like, what the fuck is a single simulcast? You can't even, you know, a single, a simulcast can't be single. Yes, I just like the alliteration. And I should have said the black single simulcast. Yeah, man. <laughs> you put the black in front of it, man. You'd be straight. You'd be you straight. pop up. But it's things we learned from way back. Um, you know, Spam, we're going to have to get together again soon. It, it was such a pleasure. I appreciate you so much, Ram. Gone, brother, for real. Appreciate you guys for having me on. No worries. Uh, Brandon, rest up. <laughs> because next week you're going to have two choices, fam. You can either get down or lay down. <laughs> for all our listeners, we greatly appreciate you. Uh, leave a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast at. If the place you listen to a podcast doesn't allow you to leave reviews, just go to Apple. Uh, they'll let you do it. Google lets you review fucking anything. Trust me. I reviewed a church that I went to a couple days ago. I was scared to give it less than five stars because it's a church. Like, if you give a church less than five, you know what? That reminds me. Side note. I have an app on my phone. It's a Bible app. It's called iBible. They asked me to leave a review. I was scared to leave less than five stars on the Bible, fam. Like, I don't know what happens if you give the Bible two stars. I don't know if it's like you critiquing the Bible or critiquing their usage of the Bible. Like, you got to... You gotta, you gotta make that up in your head, man. God's up in heaven, just giving you the side eye, like Craig of the Creek and shit. <laughs> like a word, a word. You giving me two okay. stars, huh? Watch what I do. Watch what I do. Put him on the probation line when he come up here. Let's <sighs> make him sweat a little bit about it. <laughs> make you know, sweat. you were good until. Do you want to explain this eye Bible thing? You want to talk about this real quick? I wrote that. You know, I wrote this right. See, 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 God, listen, hear me out now. Hear me out. <laughs> now, uh, now, God, like, you know my heart, right? <laughs> you mean, you know, what I mean, no disrespect, you know. What I'm <laughs> Ooh, shit. You, you give me two stars and you give TikTok five. Like, wait, I came up with TikTok too. I put that idea, you know what? Go home. Go, you, I got somebody waiting for you down there. They're going to welcome you in real nice. It's good, you're already wearing shorts because it gets a little bit hot. But thank y'all again for listening. We appreciate y'all so much. Y'all can check us out again wherever you listen to podcasts at. Just be sure to leave a five-star review. You can email us at feedback at hindsight movie reviews. For Mr. Span and Brandon, I'm Derek. Thank y'all again. Y'all be good. Peace. 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 Music for Hindsight is Coffee by Cambo Smith, and it's from the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.